Welcome to the Knockouts Rugby Pod. Today, myself and Dave are going to look back over the opening weekend of the Rugby League World Cup. Dave and Keith talk all things Rugby League on the Knockouts Rugby Pod. Let's talk about the World Cup, Dave. Okay, so it started with, obviously, the World Cup opening ceremony. Um, Now, there's been quite a few comments. However, listeners, get your pens at the ready. See if you can note how many Kaiser Chiefs songs I mentioned in this, what I'm about to say. So, the Kaiser Chiefs seem to save the day by entertaining the crowd. Ricky Wilson in his pinstripe onesie. The crowd said, oh my God, when nothing seemed to be happening, maybe this was the modern way of opening the ceremony. The crowd were doing the Mexican wave and singing, it's coming home. I turned up the volume on my TV. I pressed rewind, but nothing seemed to happen. I thought, everything is average nowadays. You get good days and bad days. But with the eyes of the world on our opening ceremony, the angry mob said, na 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 na. I mean, I almost was about to predict a riot. Something was wrong. But the man responsible was nowhere to be seen. So they brought in, um, what was her name? Caroline, yes. To fix it. Never in my life have I seen anything like it. But in time on a tradition, we had the national anthems and kick-off went ahead. And to whoever fixed it, thank you. And let's hope the heat dies down and the man responsible is in retirement. So, see if you can name how many Kaiser Chiefs songs I managed to shoehorn into that one. Well, I recognised a few, but I'm guessing there's far more than just three. So I'm going to have a guess at four, seven. Um, don't tell me how many. We can okay. see how many. So, so, so Dave's Dave's guess is seven. So if you can, if you think there's more in there that you recognised, then please, in the YouTube comments or on the comments on our audio podcast, please give it a like and then put your suggestion in of how many Kaiser Chiefs songs we shoehorned into that little section. But yeah. <laughs> great, great opening there. I love that. And you're right, it was, uh, it was our chance to shine in front of the world and put on a fantastic ceremony. We'd had an extra year to prepare. We had a great stadium. We had a sellout. Well, not quite a sellout, but we had a fantastic crowd, big numbers, 40,000 plus, I believe it. 43,119 to be exact, apparently. Is that from memory, or did you have that written down? No, I I I, I knew it was about forty thousand, but then I had a look, and and I think the the, the, the official figure that will that will go down to the tax man is forty three thousand one hundred nineteen, which is a good crowd, I believe. It's the, is it that's the biggest opening crowd for a World Cup game uh, yeah. ever? Yeah, yeah, it is. Yeah, yeah, it is. So you do a lot writing on this, and then. Lo and behold, the PA system goes down and it looked a bit amateurish. There's people looking around, looking at each other. I just felt sorry for everyone. I was annoyed or angry or embarrassed. I was just, I just felt so sorry for everyone. They put all that effort in and then a technicality happens and it, it, it just takes the shine away from that opening ceremony. So, yeah, yeah they issued a statement saying it's not what we wanted to happen. We're sorry. But I don't think there's much anyone can do, really, if it's a technical... No, no, like you say, I, I mean, I felt sorry for them just stood there holding the World Cups because they looked absolutely bloody heavy, if I'm honest. <laughs> they just stood there. Like, Claire Balding was like, yeah, you can see in the face going, what's going on here? Like, this is getting a bit heavy now. It's heavy. Yeah, it, it was a shame, wasn't it? Um, but, you know, these things happen, you just got to crack on, haven't you? You know, it's happened now. That it's aside... Yeah, yeah, that that aside, 
the game itself, absolutely, uh, for an opener, uh, England were the underdogs. And I think Phil Gold said in the lead up, to to the World Cup, uh, he said that England couldn't beat Samoa. They didn't have a chance. And then yesterday, he tweeted three three words that complimented England. He used fast, skillful, and committed. Oh wow, well, that praise indeed. I know because Phil Gold hasn't always been complimentary of our uh, rugby yeah. over here. So uh, yeah, that's praise indeed. And England were very very good. Samoa were favourites, only slight. They had uh, England with a two-point start on the bookies, um, four with some, I believe. So only slight favourite Samoa, but still, um, yeah, there's a lot of people. They've got a lot of stars. I believe it was seven who played in the recent grand final, a lot of them <coughs> in the NRL. So collectively, they've got a lot of very talented players with a lot of high-quality experience from the NRL. So we expected them to go well and if we're honest they, they were quite poor really Look, they looked like a, a group of individuals who've been cobbled together to make a team and there was no cohesion England were very good very clinical tough fast link up play was really good and uh, early stages there were many points early on but once England broke the back of Samoa they were running tries in for fun and Samoa just coming up with error after error after error. That can happen when you're behind on the scoreboard because you've got a scoreboard pressure. You're looking at that scoreboard thinking, we've got to force that pass, we've got to push it, we've got to try and play the ball quicker and then you're more likely to drop the ball and that's pretty much what happened. So, excellent for England. Brilliant performance against a very good team. It will be tougher contests for England. And Samoa have to improve. They can't play that bad again. They're too good at individuals to play that bad again. So they will improve. So, yeah, one game down. Brilliant game to watch. Entertaining. Interesting. Lots of talking points. But, yeah, we don't have judgment on how good we are just yet. They couldn't have done any more in game one. But still- no, 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 but you would never have given... You would never have thought that we would win so convincingly. I thought it'd be a tough game... <clears throat> hoping that you know they've got a bit of jet lag in them like you say a bit cobbled together not had a chance to, to to gel as a unit um, and then you know hopefully we can just compete that's what I was hoping for that we would just like compete in the and not start off too much on the back foot but you know wow Dom Young Jack Willsby George Williams all outstanding Victor Radley you know I mean I think they bigged him up quite a lot, but he, and he was man of the match, and he seemed to be like the glue that held everything together. But George Williams and and, and Jack Welby, uh, that three quarter partnership was was just mouth watering. I think is the word. It was it was nice to see. It was great to see them gelling, two young players, and just looking out for each other and creating play after play after play. Yeah, it was really enjoyable to watch some, you know, George Williams with the NRL experience. He ripped it up over there. It hasn't quite worked for him so well this year, but Warrington had a tough year, but he's still a fantastic player and he showed that yesterday in the Samoa game. And then you've got Jack Wellsby. So uh, young Wellsby is a, a, an amazing talent. He's shown it for a couple of years now. He's been in the Saints team for a few years. He's making his debut and... He's uh, probably one of the first names on the team sheet at St. Helens. And he's took that form 
into the international stage and not against a, any team, against a group of stars from the NRL. And you're right, it was a lovely blend of skills, George Williams and, and Jack Wells being the... Yeah. Uh, it, was, it was great to watch them. They'll have to protest, I'm sure, but the abilities there to take on the best in the world, I believe. Yeah, yeah. I mean, like you say, you know, I think man for man, I think the stats were that Samoa were like I think between five and fifteen kilos heavier. Um so for like young lads like Jack and George to contain that and and, and deal with that and you know, more than hold their own is, is, is such a such such a great thing, I think. Uh, it's really it's really good. Yeah, they're very powerful Samoa <clears throat> for being uh, powerful players, so it doesn't surprise me. They were uh, um, heavier uh, per man. But modern rugby league is so quick. It's not always the advantage it used to be. Mm-hmm. You know, you look at some of the uh, forwards in the NRL, many of the props you feel could easily play on the wing and vice versa. They're so agile, oh, okay. uh, very fit, very quick. So it, it's not always the asset to have uh, a very big team. If you can play the right tactics, you can run them around the pitch, move them around, and then gaps start to open as they tire. And the England exploited that later in the game. And you're right, some of those players you've mentioned, uh, outstanding, Tom Young, who's getting a lot of raps at the moment. Uh, again, they'll have tougher tests. You know, the Aussies and New Zealand will be watching these tapes, won't they? Well, tapes. Does anyone tape anything anymore? Get your tapes on, get your tapes on. <laughs> they'll be watching the recordings they'll be studying those players they'll learn so much about them uh, obviously they know some of them because they play in the NRL or have done but they'll be looking at those combinations from that Samoa game and, and working things out so it'll be tough to test not just because there's good teams out there but because people have an opportunity to watch that video and, and see how those combinations work but yeah, I'm delighted to see how well those connections words. We had quite an old or mature, should we say, front row with uh, Burgess, Hill and McAlorum, but they're tough, uncompromising players and they're the type of players you need against a, a very tough and large Samoan side and they did exceptionally well. But like we were saying just before, so many forwards are so quick and agile now. Are they agile enough against some other teams? Hopefully they are yeah, and and I guess it's like you say, Samoa were coming and they were they were knocking on the front door, weren't they? That, there was only one way that they were going to come at us. And that's hard and fast and up the middle, and then even when, like you say, when they're outside outside backs, they're just units, aren't they? So I think the fact that he did put a pack out with experience in there to help settle a fairly young side that we've got. Like you say, you know, there was some debutantes in there. And I think that helped then bring the confidence up because the old guard are doing their job in the middle. Yeah. Are they going to be fast enough, at, you know, to contend with some of the others? I mean, we'll talk about some of the other games in a minute. But then, you know, you bring in the likes of your Luke Thompsons, you know, and put in with, with, with Burgess. And uh, we have got some young, fast, get batch in there, you know, batches, Pacey, strong, young. You know, we, we start adding these into the mix. And then I think, you know, we, we've got that. We've got a nice depth within that. I think he went for a bit of experience to just settle us down, make sure we get that first one in. And it, and it paid off for him. It really, really did. 
Yeah, definitely. You're right. A lot of people on looking at the squad were questioning if it was the right squad with some of those mature players. I think Sean Wayne got it spot on, as you say. They did the job and they did it very well. And maybe that's the blend we need with some newer, younger players in the three quarters. Do we need some more maturity up front to lead that team around? And that experience often pays off in big games. You don't, they're used to the pressure. They've played in big games before. They've come across some of these players before. They've seen every style of rugby league there is when they've played enough games. And certainly some of those guys have got a lot of games under the belt. So, yeah, I think Sean Wayne got it spot on. And maybe many of the observers, such as myself, maybe didn't uh, when we first saw that team sheet. But, yeah, I'm delighted with the team. And, and you know, social media has been full of praise. The media have been full of praise for the team. And that's fantastic. But I'm sure Sean Wayne's not letting them get carried away with that you can't afford to you've got to keep the feet on the ground you've got to let them know that you know that's one game that's done that's out of the way but you know there are bigger tests to come we've got to keep on improving we can't rest in our laurels no absolutely not Dave absolutely not like you say yeah lots of praise and I just want to say and I'm going to put this out there. There's been a few naysayers as well that come in and saying, oh, well, what's the point in having a competition? It's only three teams. There's only going to be Australia, New Zealand, and, and probably Tonga in the final. And all the others are just, you know, ducks to the slaughter. And there's going to be some, you know, landslides. Goes, it's boring. What, what you know, what, where's, where's the fun in watching that? I, I just want to say this, whether you agree or whether you disagree, David, I don't know. But, like, take tonight, Lebanon played New Zealand and I was quite shocked at the result the end result okay pleasantly surprised not shocked I was pleasantly surprised by the end result but also as well likes of Jamaica today Lebanon and other teams like that they've got players that play in the championship or don't play in the NRL and don't play in Super League and they're coming up and they're getting that experience of playing against some superstars like Manu you know some of these Aussies that are coming over the Australian pack you know, and it's it, it's a great blooding for some of these younger guys who are, who are not in the top flight competition. They're getting that experience to play, and yet you're watching the games. But you, you know, like like any World Cup competition or larger competition, you're going to get outsider teams that probably aren't going to compete. But it's great for them. It's great for rugby league. And I haven't actually seen. A bad game. Some people said like the the Italy Scotland game was boring. It wasn't. It was it was a good game of rugby. There's lots of great play, free passing, open rugby. Some people are club fans or just an England fan, but if you're a fan of the sport, up to now, it's been it's been a great introduction to the World Cup so far. That's my sixpence worth anyway. I'm just. <laughs> well, I couldn't agree more, Keith. I, I really couldn't. I'm a massive advocate for international rugby league I thoroughly enjoyed those games that you're talking about it gives us an opportunity to see other players that we maybe not seen before maybe they play in the lower leagues or in other competitions around the world we see new combinations players playing uh, for different teams in the weekly rounds coming together for the internationals they play with a lot of pride which is a different level of pride than you get for your club. Everyone wants to play well for the clubs, obviously. But when you're representing a country, and even though many of these players may not have been born in that country, they're representing their families who come from those uh, countries. Heritage, yeah. The heritage players, yeah. But 
they've got somewhat, in some ways, that gives them more pride because they want to do the parents and grandparents proud by representing that country and do that country proud. And I really enjoy watching that. They're much tougher to call as well because I think uh, Scotland were, were favourites over Italy and, and started off very well. And, and I thought, oh, I hope Scotland don't run away with this. And lo and behold, Italy were fantastic. They, they dug in those early stages, defended very, very well. And they had a lot of class on the ball. You know, the halves were controlling the game. The decision-making, I thought, was excellent. And when Scotland were put under a bit of pressure, they, they couldn't get the combinations going at all. Some of the game management was uh, quite poor. I'm sure they expected uh, far better game management than, than they came up with. And they'll improve from that. And But I enjoyed watching that unfold. As, you, as you're watching the game, big expectations on Scotland. Start very strong and then it starts to fall to pieces. The coaches have so much to work with when they watch that back now. that The players will learn about playing uh, you know, in those different positions together and they'll get those combinations will come and they will improve. So I love and enjoy watching all of that. And you can see the pride on the faces. I'm sure they're a, they feel a foot taller when, when they're taking the pitch. And, and it's very similar with Jamaica. In Ireland, I thought Ireland were exceptional, really. Jamaica were struggling, but they dug in. They, they, you could see the pride in how hard they fought for their team. And they did really well. And hopefully all their fans and, and, and Jamaica are very proud of the team, of how hard they worked. And that's quite a good scoreline against an exceptional Ireland team. We looked very good. Keeping them to 48-2 is still... I feel it, quite a, a reasonable score considering. So I was really proud of how hard those teams worked. Scotland as well, who were on the losing side. Jamaica both worked very, very, very hard. They just come up short against better teams. Italy were very good. Ireland were very good. Let's see how far they can go in the competition. Yeah, absolutely. And like I said, I, I was pleasantly, presently surprised by by Lebanon. You know, I thought New Zealand would that would be a bit of a, a bit of a one sided game, a bit of a yeah. blowout. Blowout scoreline. Yeah, there's a big uh, Lebanese culture in Sydney, so there's a lot of um, Australian NRL players with uh, Lebanese heritage. So, um, but again, they're representing the the country, and they're very proud to do so. And there's a lot of talent there. That New Zealand side is very, very good. And you're right; I still expect them to run up maybe a bigger score. But we've learned a lot about those teams from that match that we didn't yeah. know before they put some out there as well a lot of these players playing in the lower leagues they've never played at this level of competition before it's a real step up for them they can then test themselves against far better players in a, in a tougher environment if they do well they'll be taking that experience back to the club sites and, and just lifting the bar a little bit at their clubs and improving their own game and those around them will improve from it as well they're also in the shop window. If the Super League clubs or NRL clubs looking for players and you're, you do really well at this level of competition, then you put yourself in the shop window to pick up a better contract or, or a club in the higher league. So there's there's a lot to play for, even if they're not going to win this World Cup. Some of those teams aren't going to get close to winning the World Cup. But that's missing the point, really, of a, of a World Cup. Only one team can win anyway. Same in the Football World Cup. Only one team can win. So let, let them have a go at each other put themselves in the shop window, let's watch more rugby league and just enjoy it. I've yeah. enjoyed these games and I'm not just saying that, I genuinely have. Rather than just watching the same two Super League teams we've watched many times before, 
go ahead to head in yet another game. It, it's been uh, it's been a joy to watch it. So yeah, I'm I'm, I'm all for the competition. I want to see more competitions, more five series, more international rugby league. This is just very enjoyable for me. Yeah, absolutely. And and, and like you say, with, with the new IMG plans that are coming, that we're hopefully going to spread and, and create more international games, that's only for the betterment. But I want to talk about this heritage thing as well, Dave, because it's really got the Aussies spooked, hasn't it? The Aussie national side. And I think James Graham touched on it on his punditry uh, for the BBC, which has been fantastic, by the way, the punditry there. He, he said they're even now contemplating making a new rule change for, for state of origin football and if you're picking your heritage then because they've had they, they have had it their own way for a lot of time you know like there's there's new zealanders there's um the south sea islanders are playing in origin games when you know really they're not the actual state of origin is the origin that you're born in or if from the over the age of 13 you've played so many games during that that time period to qualify for Queensland or, or, or New South Wales and because so many players have said I don't want to play for Australia I want to play for my home nation I want to play for Samoa I want to play for Fiji I want to play for PNG I want to play for Lebanon. I want to play for Italy. I want to play for Scotland. You know, it has diluted their ranks down. Now, don't get me wrong. I watched the Aussie game. Like I said, we'll touch it in a second. They're still a force to be reckoned with. You know, they're a force de majeure. Is, is that a word? I don't know. I just made it up. But it's got them rattled. Yeah, I mean, Australia have benefited from the heritage and international rules in the past. I remember Tony Carroll um, playing for New Zealand and then Australia and you know, those things have gone on for years and, and many countries have benefited from those rules. So I, I think it's the right thing to do if you feel as though your uh, heart lies in that country and you meet the international rules and you have the opportunity to play for that country and, and have the pride as you do so. So, uh, yeah, it's, it's, um, it's nice to see so many playing in the NRL who are making those decisions based on where their heart lies and it's strengthened the competition. And I don't feel too sorry for Australia. I mean, they've got that many great players. You, you yeah. know, I don't, I don't think they're really weakened by people choosing to play for another country. You know, they've got so much talent there. It may strengthen the other countries, but I don't see it weakening Australia. They're still the favourites for this competition. So uh, if they want to change the rules, I suppose that's, you know... There's such a strong competition, they can make the rules and people will have to follow them, but that's entirely up to them. I, I'm, I'm less worried about them, I'm more worried about the IMG and the changes we make for the uh, improvements of our own sport over here. And uh, we can learn a few lessons from how Australia do it, but it doesn't always fit with what would work over there. So we have one eye on it, whilst also making our own decisions in our own interests. Yeah, and like you say, speaking of the Aussies, 42 points to eight, the victor over Fiji. I watched them, and yeah, they may have had a bit of a sloppy, slow start, but I think they managed to find the rhythm, and it, they showed these little moments which kind of like gave, gave me like PTSD from being a child where they throw a ball back and there's somebody there to collect it. The ball never seems to go to ground. There's always one. In fact, at one point they put a kick across over the trial line. It didn't quite get there, but there were like four, possibly five 
green and gold jerseys waiting to just drop on the ball. They were queuing up for it. They, they, they seemed to create this space and have this sort of err about them where they just seem to have more time on the ball than anybody else. And like you say, it was it probably was a flashback and a bit of PTSD from when we used to go and watch Great Britain versus Australia, Dave. We were brought up on, you know, if we won one game, it was great, you know, yes. Best to the victor, you know. Um, so yeah, there was elements of that style of play. And obviously the coach is the great Mal Meninga uh, uh, with Adrian Lamb. So I think both of them promote open rugby anyway. So that mixed with the competitiveness and the the agility and you know the, the style and speed of, of of the Aussies, then I think they are you know a force to be reckoned with. Oh, without doubt, yeah. What they do so well in the NRL and therefore in the international competition is they don't do too much different than what we do over here or, or in other countries when we're playing rugby league they just do it slightly quicker they're slightly longer they're slightly bitter the, the passes are slightly better if you're 5% better in all those departments it can make a massive difference during the game and they played with such confidence as if it was never in doubt and they, you, you're right they could be queuing up they could be throwing balls out with minimal it seems to be a reduced risk it's not a forced pass because the skill levels are so high there's quite a high chance of it coming off and yeah they're just so good in every department, you know, the kicking game, the passing game, the, the way they can make yardage from exit sets, the way they finish sets, the way they read the game. The game management is outstanding. So, yeah, it's very difficult to find any type of weakness. If there is one small chink, when I was watching the game, I'm thinking, you're taking this like a game in the backyard here. You, you know you can win it, so you're just uh, you're very casual and if that's a little chink that someone else can exploit, that they're a bit too casual when they've got to step it up, you hope uh, you hope that evens the balance out a little bit when they play some of the other countries. But it's so good they can just step it up again. Um, but it doesn't mean, even though the favourites and they're most likely to win, doesn't mean that no one else can beat them. And you know, New Zealand, Tonga, and England can beat them on the day definitely without doubt but Australia are more likely to win but it doesn't mean that they will win so I live in hope that we'll have a new name on the World Cup this time around but they're still on that show indefinitely favourites yeah yeah I mean they have won eight out of the last nine so they've got to come in as favourites even in just off records alone if you, even if it was a new team that had never played rugby league before before in their life with eight out of nine you're coming in as as as, as competition favourites aren't you touched on the great thing there could complacency be their undoing could they you know think you know we are the greatest team in the world um, and can that be their undoing and I do think that the best chance ever now to do that you know the competition is over here We've got home fans. We've got familiar grounds that we're playing on. And I think, you know, now is the best chance that we've ever had. And given the result, you know, long may it continue. May, may they continue to play the, the, the way that they did. Yeah. Continue that they play the way they did on Saturday uh, and take that momentum forward um, into, into the upcoming games. I mean, the next game is against France on Saturday at uh, Bolton. Great, great venue, and you know if that if that's another big, well attended crowd, then you know that atmosphere in there is going to be going to be tremendous. Definitely, yeah. And, and I've got to say, one thing that's really done England a lot of favours is 
we're not always the most positive of fans in this country. You know, we can find reason to criticise sometimes when there's a little to criticise. But we've got to get the fans behind the team. You know, we can't sit back and just uh, say more people should be involved, so more people should watch us or turn up or get behind us. You've, you've got to bring them with you. And what that result did, it gave everyone a lot of hope and it's raised the expectation of people looking at this team and they're quite proud of it and thinking, you know what, this is this is a decent team. We could go well in this competition. And it's really raised the excitement and enthusiasm in England around this team. So, you know, that that's fantastic to see. It's lovely looking at social media and seeing positive reviews of what's going on. So uh, I, I'm delighted at that. And, uh, yeah, you hope that the other games and, and uh, Australia, New Zealand, Tonga are pushed in some of those games. And you hope that they become a little complacent and England can exploit that. And we go with a record of one out of ten rather than Australia's eight out of nine. I'd be quite happy with one out of ten. That'll do me. Well, I'm staying in glorious Wales, you know, and they start soon, don't they? I don't know if you've got the uh, the date down there. But I hope they go well. I say I want all the home nations to do really well. Got, uh, Tuesday, Tong- Tonga versus Papua New Guinea. Well, Monday is France versus Greece. And then Tuesday is Tonga versus Papua New Guinea and Wales versus the Cook Islands. And then it starts again on Saturday, all the all the other major rounds. So Wales and the Cook Islands. Yeah, well, last time out, the Cook Islands had quite a strong team and, and went quite well. Uh, I think they were based down in Bristol way. Um, so this time that uh, I don't know too much about them. Uh, again, with the Wales team, they've got quite a lot of Welsh-born players in the, about 50% of the whole squad which I suspect is a higher proportion than they've had previously, which is excellent for Welsh rugby league. I know they've been going well in youth levels and beat England a couple of times in youth levels. So it's good. Uh, it's a good time for Welsh rugby league to continue their development. North Wales Crusaders went really well last year. Excuse me. So, yeah, really hopeful that they'll do well against the Cook Islands. It's just been another great game to watch. The new names, get on board with it. Watch the new names. Get behind the teams, look at the new combinations. And yeah, some of these players might be uh, unknowns now, but hopefully they'll be very well known to the rugby league team in, uh, in just a few weeks' time. Yeah, and, and uh, Blackbrook, uh, Ant Walker, he'll be playing for Wales. He's just left Bradford Bulls, he's just gone to Widnes, but he has been, again, selected in the squad for Wales. Yeah, he's a very good player, yeah, prop forward, he carries the ball really well often uh, bumps a couple off, wins a rope, gets his shoulders free and uh, I'll look forward to watching him play. Yeah, he's a very good player. Yeah, he is. Well, like I said, good luck to to Wales. Well done to Ireland, 48 points. Scotland, unlucky against Italy, but I think they'll come better in the competition as well. Uh, and then, like you say, you know, Wales as well and a great start for England. Scottish, there was a couple of standout players, you know, Lachlan Walmsley, I thought did really well. His effort was really up there. He uh, come off his right foot really well to score that try at the end. And and uh, a friend of the show, James Bell, the effort, you know, he's putting some, for the sides of him, he's putting some shots in, trying to get them uh, to change the tempo of the game and, and, and bring it back in Scotland's favour. And he was always uh, in the middle there with the ball in hand, jumping about, trying to, uh, trying to make something happen for them. And it was him who started to move for the try actually he, he got three defenders interested in him when he slipped the ball out, which just give that little bit of space. So 
Um, you know, and there were others there that did, 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 did uh, really well, uh, started out really well. So there's certainly a lot of talent there, a lot of reason for the Scottish to be excited that they can improve on that poor result. And uh, yeah, good luck to Wales and uh, we'll, we'll chat about more matches in the, in a few days, Keith. Don't forget, after tonight's show, leave your views in our comments section. We'd love to hear from you. Uh, um, just a, a shout out to the comments. You mentioned about comments. All feedback is welcome. Anything good, anything bad, just please put it down on the podcast. Really, uh, just a big thank you for tuning in. We hope you do enjoy it. We enjoy chatting to each other and chatting rugby, and hopefully you enjoy it too. And if not, then feel free to leave that comment as well. But thanks yeah. very much. Good night. Dave and Keith talk all things rugby league on the Duck Out Rugby Pod.